0: Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for the privilege of being here. So wonderful to see what God is doing at Lighthouse. And uh, I honor your pastor, his wife, family. We love and appreciate them. Known them a long, long time. And of course, um, we're at that stage, Brother Buford. They call us the elders now. Uh, we love and appreciate them brother and sister Buford, mom and dad, amen. And I'm so glad to have my wife and my grandson here, and um, it's a pleasure as well as a privilege. Well, let's turn to John chapter 3. I think we'll just start at the first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named, named Nicodemus, the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit i want to I want to preach a little while today on where the wind blows. God bless you, thank you, please be seated. Gavin doesn't remember this, but many years ago, when he was a baby, um, when he'd be at our house uh, and it was my turn we'd try to get him to go to sleep. Anybody ever tried to get a baby to go to sleep that didn't want to go to sleep? You'll do almost anything to get them to go to sleep, anything moral and legal. but um, So I would sing. I would sing while I was walking with him, and you know how you do. And I would sing, rock a baby. In the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bough breaks, the cradle... And I couldn't, I just stopped. And I thought, if this kid knows what I'm saying, <laughs> he will never go to sleep. Wonder. I wonder, you know that... I, what are we thinking when we sing that song about putting a cradle on a limb of a tree and the wind blowing? And, and I did a little research of where that came from, and, and we really don't know. There's all kinds of theories. I, 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 think, I think many historians at least believe it was written in response to the English King James II who, re- who converted from Protestantism to Catholicism. And, and it was a very unpopular move. And when, he, when uh, an heir was born, as a protest, this song was written and began to be very popular in England. They were basically saying, if he doesn't become Protestant, he ain't going to make it. To the throne. That's what they're saying. When the wind blows, the cradle will and the bow breaks. The cradle will fall. Well, I don't know. Some say there was a lady in Scotland that actually put a cradle in a tree and let the wind rock her baby to sleep. I don't know. All I know is it's a very strange thing about to sing about a cradle in a tree. Of course, the the focus of the song was not really the cradle or the tree or even the baby. It was the wind of protest, the wind blowing and stirring and shaking things up. Now, they chose that, I think. It's It's not unusual because Jesus talked about the wind and the power of the wind and what the wind can accomplish and what the wind can do god chose the wind as a specific symbol of something very important and it began there in john chapter 3 when nicodemus came to jesus by night and and, and seemingly complimented him but jesus was having none of that he immediately changed the conversation, and immediately he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus misunderstood. How can a man be born when he is old? Jesus said, you don't understand except a man be born of water and born of spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'm so glad we know what Jesus was talking about. The new birth isn't just an uh, unidentifiable and unconnectable thing that comes at the moment we believe. No, it is a mighty experience uh, that rocks the soul, that moves the heart. And it comes in both water and in spirit when we are baptized in Jesus' name and we are baptized in the Holy Ghost, then our vision changes and we can see what God is doing. We can see the kingdom of God. But even more importantly, when we're born of water and born of spirit, we step into God's kingdom. And then Jesus tells Nicodemus what seems to be um, a, a second metaphor. Nicodemus is still questioning. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, don't marvel. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Don't be puzzled when I say that a man must be born again. And then he uses a metaphor that to me is even more difficult to follow than the being born again thing. He says, for the wind blows wherever it wants to. And you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. And listen to this. And so is everyone born of the Spirit. We're all supposed to have a connection with the wind. Maybe, in fact, no, maybe, I'm convinced that that's the reason when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord and in one place when suddenly there came from heaven the sound as of a rushing, mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit Gave their utterance from the very beginning. Jesus is trying to get us to connect the fire and the move of the wind. And the presence of the Holy Ghost was announced by both fire and wind. The gift, the baptism of the Holy Ghost was introduced to this world with the flaming fire and the rushing mighty wind. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Now today, Jesus said uh, uh, that, that the wind is is a is an identifiable uh, part of having the Holy Ghost. But he said, we don't know much about it. You don't know where it comes from, and you don't know where it's going. Now, Now, Jesus was speaking the literal truth for that day. And in fact, it's remarkable how how recently, relatively, that we began to understand where wind comes from and where wind goes. Now, the old song says, when the wind blows. There's nothing that says, if the wind blows. But what I'm interested in today is where does the wind if the wind is a symbol of the presence of God, I wanna know where the wind blows. If a symbol is the presence of the Spirit filling the hearts of human beings, I wanna be where the wind is blowing. I don't wanna sit through a church service and there be no wind. I don't wanna live in a community where the Spirit of God does not blow through that community. I want to know where it comes from, and I want to know where it's going because everyone born of the Spirit is of the wind. So where does the wind blow? Have you ever thought about it? How can we get to where the wind blows? How can we identify the coordinates where we can gather and where the wind of God blows? Well, if you listen to the meteorologist, the weatherman, wouldn't you like to have a job you can be wrong as much as he is and still keep your job? Wouldn't that be something? Wow. Wow. Of course, seems like when he is right, we, we regret it, you know, but If you ask the weatherman, he'll tell you wind blows from a high-pressure system to a low-pressure system, that it is something happening in certain areas that creates a wind. And that disturbance in the molecule of the air that we call wind flows from the high to the low. It originates in the highs. (laughs) Well, if you go a little further than the local meteorologist and you ask a climate scientist, if you could get him to tell you the truth, he would say, that wind flows from warmth to cold. That where it's warm, wind is generated and it moves uh, to where it is cold. Well, then you'd have to go to a physicist and say, What causes? A warm place in the atmosphere, and what causes a cool place in the atmosphere. And he would say that heat is no more than the excitement of the molecules in a substance. And if you want to know where it's warm, you got to go find where somebody is excited. The way it works is when this energy touches an atom, that atom, its molecules or rather its electrons begin to vibrate at a higher speed. Now, I kid you not, scientists actually use the term, they become excited. And when they get excited, it generates heat. Now, here's the neat thing about excitement, about heat excitement is catching, it's communicable. And one atom gets excited, and that excites four atoms all the way around. And those four get excited, and eight more get excited. And on and on it goes. Let me tell you, if you want the move of the Holy Ghost, you got to build a fire. And if you build a fire, the wind will blow. When you come to church and they begin to sing and you feel something starting in your soul, a fire is being kindled. And as it spreads through the congregation, if you're here today and you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're in the right place because the fire of the presence of God is burning in this house and the wind is about to blow. And of course, it it goes without saying. Then, where it goes is where there's no heat. It goes where there's no fire. It blows to where people are dead in their sins, struggling in their pain. Caught up in their hopelessness and helplessness. I'll tell you what needs to happen in this community is a fire gets started at the lighthouse. That sends out not just light, but it sends out heat. And that wind that flows from that which is on fire to that which is cold and dead will flow through I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Somebody has sparked a fire. Somebody has got the wind blowing. And somebody is going to be changed. Going to be changed. Because this is where the wind Sister Jones and I, in our early 20s, became pastor of a little church in a suburb of New Orleans called Metairie. We had, we had nine adults, nine saints. We had more than that. There were 12 to, that voted on pastor. And uh, out of the 12... Nine voted for me, and three voted against me. And amazingly, three of the ones who voted for me left before I could get there. So instead of nine to three, when I got there, it was six to three. Nine adults. I think our first Sunday we had 21. And uh, I'm so sorry. Wonderful people. Some of them still serve. Most of them still serving God or died in the Holy Ghost waiting for the rapture. But it was dead as a hammer. I'm sorry. It was so dead. It had been... A year and a half since anyone had gotten the Holy Ghost in that church. It had gone through tough times. They had had a lot more people, but things went bad. Uh, They had built a building. They got temporary construction financing. Then Jimmy Carter got elected. Interest rates went to 21. You shouldn't be shocked by what's happening right now in our country. And the church was financially struggling and and a lot of difficulties. Sister Jones and I lived in the church for the first year and then and then we we rented and then we bought a trailer that had been flooded out and lived in that and <coughs> Things were tough. Things were hard. They really were. They were hard, and it affected the spirituality. And it was down and discouraged, and and there was no fire, and there was no wind. And I'm fresh off the evangelistic field. Brother Buford, all I'd ever known was evangelize. I didn't know. I didn't know how to pastor. I didn't know how to... And all I knew how to do was preach. The pastor would call me up, and I'd go preach. And that's all I knew, so all I did, I preached. Somebody said later, Brother Jones preached every sermon like he was preaching at general conference. Well, I didn't know what it was like to preach at general conference at that time. I just preached, and something began to happen. The altars began to be sparked with a fire. I'll never forget Sister Odette Rogers, elder lady in the church, stood up one night weeping, tears dripping off her chin. She said, I think I'll die if someone doesn't get the Holy Ghost. We've got to have revival here She didn't know it. We didn't know it. But at that very moment a backslider was sitting on a bar stool in Bourbon Street and they started singing when the saints go marching in. And they were singing about a football team. But he heard a song that he had heard when he was a boy. And the next Sunday he was in our church and in the altar and prayed back through and that sparked a revival within a few months. God had given us a hundred? I'm telling you when the fire comes, the wind starts blowing. It gets someone getting excited. That's what gets the wind blowing. The presence of the Lord comes when people are excited not the other way around. I'm not just talking about the presence of the Lord getting us feeling good. I'm talking about us getting excited about how good he is. About how gracious he is. About how loving he is. And we get more excited about serving God than anything else in our lives. We join the old king who said I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You don't wait for the beat of the song to be just right. You don't even wait for a song. Have you ever watched a new convert? Getting excited? Just being looking around at everybody. The first note is struck and they're already dancing. They're already leaping. Because there's an excitement there. When the presence of the Lord comes in. And that wind begins to blow. They don't even have to be here for the wind to reach them. Your child can be away from God, but the wind blows where it wants to blow. Nobody harnesses the wind. Nobody directs the wind. Jesus said, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going, and so is everyone that is born Of the spirit. See, the question is not when the wind blows. The question is certainly not even where. We know that now. The only question is if. And and let me let me tell you something. You don't have to worry about the wind. You ever prayed with somebody to get the Holy Ghost and told them, don't pray for tongues. It's like a pair of shoes. If you get the Holy Ghost, tongues come with it. Y'all never heard, y'all never said that. (laughs) They're from a different generation, Brother Buford. You don't pray for tongues, you pray for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, the tongues come with it. Well, you don't have to pray for the wind to flow in your family in your neighborhood, on your job, at your school. You don't have to pray for the wind to blow because if you build a fire, nothing can stop the wind. Stand with me, would you? So it is in our hands. It is up to us. It's not an onerous job. It's not a difficult assignment. It, it, it doesn't take a special talent it it doesn't it doesn't take hard work it just takes meditating on the Lord it just takes feeling what God can do imagining that teenager walking in the church and being filled afresh with the Holy Ghost imagine the parents of that teenager coming to God filled with the Holy Ghost, that spouse that doesn't come to church, that neighbor you've been witnessing to, you begin to think about what God can do. And an excitement begins to build in your heart. And let me tell you, the fuel for the fire is us. We also used to sing an old song, Lord, set me afire. Make me a flame. Let me burn bright for Jesus' name. If we're on fire, the wind's gonna blow. It'll go where we can't go, it'll knock on doors we can't knock on. It'll teach a Bible study we can't teach break a heart it'll melt a heart (laughs) that we could never hope to argue into the kingdom of God we just got to get the wind blowing. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment the streets of O'Fallon deserve the wind of the Holy Ghost The hurting and hungry people of St. Louis deserve a church that's on fire for God. They need that wind howling into their homes and hearts. And it all depends on us. So is everyone born of the Spirit. If we're all on fire, a hurricane of Holy Ghost will flow. We'll we'll pour out from this beautiful building, down the streets, down the interstate, into homes and hearts all over if we're on fire. If we rise above our own struggles and above our own pain, And we stay excited about what Jesus can do. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to think of someone. Your family, a friend, someone at school, someone on your job, a neighbor who desperately needs the wind of God to blow in their heart. I want you to see them in your mind, not just a name, but a face. I want you to see them in their need. But I want you to begin to imagine them walking through that door, walking down that aisle, tears rolling down their face, hands lifted in the air, and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance I want you to see that does that spark an excitement in your heart does that let a fire begin to grow God you can do it it can be my son my daughter it can be my husband my wife it can be my parents it can happen and can happen here And as that excitement, that worship, and that thanks before it ever happens begins to spark a fire and it begins to grow, I want you to come for that person. Now, I know it'll be very crowded. Maybe you can't get right by the altar, but I want you to bring that person to the front of the church. I want you to believe that it's going to happen. I want you to get excited about it happening. And let's build a fire here today that'll start a hurricane. That'll set this city ablaze for Jesus Christ. That will change hearts and minds across this land in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you reach out to Him right now? Set me a fire, Lord. Make me a flame, oh God. Oh Jesus, Jesus. Whenever you're ready. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Reach for him right now. God, I want to make a difference. God, I want to be the source of the wind of the Spirit. Rekindle my excitement, oh God. Set me on fire afresh, oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Lord, let the wind begin to blow. Lord, let the wind begin to blow. Jesus name reach for him right now. Oh let the fire start. Oh let the excitement begin. Thank you Jesus. Make me a new convert again Lord. Bring me back to the beginning oh God.